0: Welcome to Dayspring Fellowship. You've picked a really good day to join us, whether you are in the room live, watching live from some exotic locale, like your living room, or watching on demand at some point in the future. Whenever and however you are here, God is ready to do something new in you, and maybe even through you. I'm Chris Voigt, and I lead the team here at Dayspring. I have the privilege of leading an incredible team of people who love helping people grow. In fact, that's just what we do here at Dayspring. People grow here. So if you want to grow, you're the right place. If you are visiting Dayspring today, we want you to know that we are a come-as-you-are kind of church. No one here is perfect. In fact, all of us have messy lives. But through relationship with Jesus, we are experiencing healing and wholeness. We're working through our junk together, and there is always room for someone new. Even if you haven't bought into this whole Jesus thing yet, or are skeptical about church or the Bible, wherever you are, we'd love to meet you there and walk with you as you figure it out. We're all on a journey, and wherever you are on your journey, welcome. You can learn more about us as a church by exploring our website at dsf.church by checking out our Facebook page, or contacting us by phone or email. If you need help figuring out the next step to making Dayspring your church home, or if you just have questions, let us know. We'll help you find the answers. For today's service, you can find study questions by selecting Watch from the top menu of our website. And now, let's join our service.
1: talking about peace for the last two weeks now and if you're just joining us today for the first time whether online or here in the room I would encourage you to go back to our website later and watch the first two messages that'll give you a fuller understanding of the spiritual growth that we're looking to accomplish with this series we have two weeks left of this series on peace so if I'm doing my math right we should be at least halfway to experiencing real peace in our lives. If only it worked that way, right? (laughs) As we all know, uh, it isn't always that easy. I mean, four easy messages and we're there, don't we wish? Although we have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of peace who comes into our lives to live inside of us at the moment that we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, living a life of peace is an ongoing experience of growth. It's not a one and done. Well, it's a one and done in a sense that we have access to it. But as Chris mentioned over the last couple of weeks, there are peace killers that can destroy our our peace. And sometimes we get out of alignment with God and that definitely steals our peace. So although as Christ followers, we always have access to peace, we don't always experience it because we either let circumstances dictate our peace or we get out of alignment with God's will for our lives. Uh, There are a lot of articles and books and blogs and video posts on how to experience inner peace. In fact, I googled it, and when I typed experiencing inner peace came up on the top of the list, and that means that it's a really popular search. I mean, all people at some point, if not constantly, are trying to figure out how to feel peaceful inside when their lives are turmoil outside. And there are a lot of good, basic tools for relaxation and for feeling at peace for the moment. But if we choose to only use exterior tools and ignore the interior, the Jesus part of this whole thing, it's just feeling of peace. It's just a feeling. And feelings are transient and unreliable. Our feelings often lie to us, and they come, and they go, and certain circumstances or situations trigger feelings in us, and our peace is, well, peace out. So today, I want to talk about a different kind of peace, a lasting, unchanging peace, a peace that is present regardless of our feelings or our triggers or our current circumstances. Experiencing true, lasting peace can only come from a connection with the one who is peace, Jesus Christ. And I know that there are some of you listening today who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ yet. Maybe you're just tuning in to explore what this whole Jesus thing is about. And I've been praying for you. I've been praying that you will open your mind and your heart to what we are going to talk about today, even if it doesn't quite make sense to you. Will you hang in there with me? Perhaps by the the time we wrap things up, you'll have a reason to reconsider what you think about Jesus. Now, before we get too far, let me just say that there are medical reasons for people to feel scared or anxious or not at peace. Myself and all of my children experience anxiety. In fact, my husband does as well. I get it. I'm in no way suggesting that you should not seek appropriate professional help when needed. The the church as a whole for far too long has been browbeating people with legalism and it has told them to pray harder, have more faith, to be a better Christian and that will heal your issues. The church has discouraged medication and counseling when the real problem in fact is a medical chemical imbalance in the brain. So just like diabetes is a medical imbalance when it comes to producing insulin, anxiety and depression oftentimes can be chemical imbalance within the brain. Sometimes the cause is circumstantial, but more often there's an underlying medical issue. Either way, professional help is important. And as Chris said, more Jesus helps everything. And that is a fact. Just remember, Jesus also wants you to seek professional help when you need. With that, what I'm going to say today is true for everyone and does not negate the biological need for medication or psychiatric inter- intervention for those who need it. Growing peace within is what we're talking about today. This kind of peace is a, it's a character trait. It's a virtue that grounds us, and it's a readiness or a disposition to act. In peace a peace that comes from a from from deep within us it's an everyday ordinary manner of being it's when inside us we have the sense of wholeness and structural integrity in our heart and in our mind and our emotions our body and soul our social setting it's a peace that only Jesus brings this peace is a picture of the nature of God This biblical peace saturates the hearts of those who love him, and it's contagious to others. When we walk uh, in and have this kind of peace, it calms a room. It it calms a storm, and other people can feel it, and in turn, they want to experience it as well. So we're going to look at what God's word has to say to us about experiencing this kind of peace within. But first, let's invite the Lord into the conversation. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you are not a God that has peace or a God that just gives peace. You are peace. And so we thank you That as we have a relationship with you and you live inside of us, that we have access to that 24-7. So God, I pray that we could have our hearts and minds open today, kind of realign, so to speak, ourselves with you, that we might experience that inner peace in a deeper way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to do a little... And I know that you all love it when I do this kind of thing. Hey, be thankful. I'm not making you do Zumba or something like that because All right, so for those of you with ADD, this is going to be painful More so than for the rest of you. All right, so close your eyes for a moment and I want you to empty your mind and What I mean by that is just sit quietly and don't think about anything anything. Some deep breathing during the experiment might help, and I'll tell you when to stop. Okay, so go ahead and start. Just clear your mind. Okay, stop. That was short, but that's okay. Um, by a show of hands or a comment in the, in the chat room, how many of you were able to actually not think about anything and you're still awake? Raise your hand. You, your brain was completely empty, didn't think about a thing. Raise your hand. Hmm. There's some, there's some, there's some out there. You know, it usually takes uh, real practice and training uh, to be able to clear your thoughts out of your head, and I personally have never had the ability to do so completely. As much as I try, there's always some little thought or some bigger thought rattling around in there, so that just proves that I am not (laughs) empty-headed. You thought I was, but I'm not. Seriously, our minds and our thoughts are going constantly, and what we choose to focus on becomes the star of the show. And this means that when we are restless or peaceless, chances are we're focusing on a problem or an issue instead of focusing on the only one who can do anything about it. The issue or the problem becomes larger, and Jesus becomes smaller and the restlessness becomes stronger and the peace in our hearts becomes weaker. So basically you could say that whatever you focus on gets bigger. Whatever we are putting the most time and energy into thinking about becomes the larger thing. So then, it makes sense for us to make sure that our thoughts and our focus is on the truth of Jesus more than the challenges that we are facing. I mean, we all wrestle with negative thoughts, with worry and temptation, with thoughts that attempt to hijack our emotions, our attitudes, our actions. And may I suggest that we forget that we can choose to guide and direct our thoughts. We forget that we can choose to be active regarding our thought life, but it is possible because, in fact, thinking is an action. And although oftentimes our thoughts can enter our minds without our permission, I would, I would call these thoughts from the enemy or from the devil, these thoughts don't have to stay there. When thoughts stay in our heads, generally speaking, it's because we've given them permission to stay. Sometimes we even invite them to stay, not because they're safe or healthy or even biblical. We invite them to stay because we're comfortable with them, even though we really should be kicking them to the curb. And we're so used to them being there that we feel alone without them. They become our focus. And sometimes our circumstances cause us to invite worry or fear or anxiety into our thoughts. And anyone who has experienced these thoughts or emotions knows that they can pack a punch. I mean, these thoughts can create negative emotions, and uh, they definitely want to lead the story of our lives. And they put on a very good show and can easily become the main plot in our story. But that doesn't have to be the case. We can choose to think differently. We've got to develop the discipline of taking our thoughts captive. At when unhealthy or sinful or damaging thoughts enter our heads, we have the power through the Holy Spirit to renew those thoughts. We have the power to capture those thoughts and replace them with the truth of Christ. The Bible tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And this means to change what we are thinking, to be transformed by changing what we're focusing on. So there you have it. Just transform your thoughts and your focus will change. And again, it sounds pretty easy. But in fact, it's a learned discipline. Changing our focus takes practice and discipline, and I know the word discipline kind of takes all the fun out of it. But the truth is that in order to be healthy on all fronts, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, the mental, we have to develop some discipline. We have to choose to focus on the right thought at the times when it is the most difficult. When we learn how to do that over time and with practice, our focus can change. One requirement of changing our focus is to learn to be content. And one way that we can do that is by remembering our past experiences with God. We must learn to be content. Now, when the Apostle Paul was, was thanking uh, the church in Philippi for sending supplies and gifts to him in prison, he writes in Philippians four eleven and 12. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. Paul was no stranger to hard times. I mean, he'd been beaten, shipwrecked, put in prison, and the Bible tells us that he had an unknown difficulty, or thorn in the side, so to speak, that God chose not to take away, though Paul prayed for relief. Even so, Paul was not angry or bitter. He was not a victim. He had learned to be content. And Paul tells us that this disposition of contentment is a learned disposition, It took time and experience and practice, and Paul had developed a habit of remembering how he had previously experienced God's faithfulness. He also had a practice of continually looking to what he was learning about God in his experiences throughout his life. Paul learned that contentment was not based on feelings, but rather on the past history of his relationship with the Lord. Now, Paul chose to think more on how God had worked in his life during the difficult times rather than thinking about those difficult times. And Paul also knew God's word very well. Paul knew that there were many promises of deliverance and protection and love in those precious words. And another part of changing our focus is intentionally remembering God's promises and thinking about them, even meditating on them, meditating on God's promises. God's word is filled with promises and exhortations that help guide our thoughts from our struggles and toward him. God's word helps us to replace our anxious thoughts with his truth. And when we choose to think on the things of God, he becomes bigger and the negative thoughts become smaller. And sometimes those thoughts just they I mean they hit quick and hard and maybe we're even caught a little bit off guard. Memorizing a few verses on refocusing our thoughts can help us to take those thoughts captive and redirect them to Jesus. So here's a few simple verses that are worth memorizing. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 7, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. This verse reminds me that God cares for me more than I can understand. Even when I don't feel worthy of His care, He cares. And He will do His perfect work in me, regardless of all my worries I can let them go and I can trust his work. Uh, Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and always ready to help in times of trouble. He will always help me. This doesn't mean that things will turn out the way that I think they should, but they'll turn out the way that God can do his perfect work in me and in others involved in the situation. Romans 8:31 What shall we say about such wonderful things as these if God is for us who can ever be against us I can remember that God is for me He wants his best for me and I can trust that his best for me is better than my best for me And if the all-powerful God is for me how can my enemy possibly win. Now, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Christ will give me the strength to endure and even flourish during difficult times. I mean, these are just a few simple, easy-to-memorize verses that can help us begin to replace anxious thoughts with God's truth. We can begin to train our minds to recognize the anxious thoughts and then refocus On these verses and there are many many more in the Bible I mean I'd encourage you to memorize a few that are that you find helpful maybe you're not quite at the place yet where you're memorizing scripture maybe you're not even sure where to look or what to look for when you open the Bible that's okay I mean we all every one of us starts our walk in the same place The important thing is that we don't stay where we started. It's important that we are growing in our spiritual walk. And one of the most effective catalysts for growing spiritually is regular Bible reading. Here's the deal. The Word of God is truly living and active. It works in and through us to bring us closer to God. And if you're struggling in any way, just start reading. And I would suggest that you maybe start in the New Testament, maybe with the book of John or Luke. And although knowing specific scripture is good practice, any scripture is helpful. It doesn't always have to be on the specific topic that you're struggling with. Just get into God's Word. And I guarantee I guarantee this, that your focus will begin to change from the struggle to God. Jesus will become bigger, and your struggle will become smaller. Now, I understand how difficult replacing a negative script with Scripture can be. I mean, when you're preparing to teach on a subject, you um, you always have the opportunity to refresh yourself on the topic. And uh, personally, just this last week, I was plagued with anxious thoughts regarding a particular situation. And it was one of those stupid all-nighters. I mean, I think you all know what I'm talking about. I mean, you can't sleep because the anxious train has plenty of coal in the engine and around and around and around it goes. And I had to continually remind myself of God's truth, uh, that he and I have a history together and he's never abandoned me. I had to meditate on his word. And it was work, let me tell you. But just because it was difficult does not mean it wasn't doable. I had to practice this discipline to get myself to the place where even if my biggest fear came to fruition, I was certain that He would still be bigger than that outcome, and that His love and provision for me would see me through. And I would survive it because He would carry me through it. It wasn't necessarily a situation of feeling better, It was more about a choice to trust God's outcome. Uh, J.B. Phillips, he is the author who wrote the, the Phillips Bible. And he says, we can rest on the internal and unchanging God. We have to learn to trust this living God without any comforting feeling whatsoever. Let me say that again. We can rest on the eternal and unchanging God. We may have to learn to trust this living God without any comforting feeling whatsoever and this is no easy lesson to learn. Now, this quote is from a man who had significant trauma growing up and struggled with deeply debilitating stress and anxiety and clinical depression in a time when medical intervention was really at a minimal. Now, true peace comes from a deep trust in God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. As we surrender our lives to Jesus, we should begin to develop a trust in God's plan for our lives regardless of our current circumstances. But it isn't instantaneous or automatic It is something we have to learn as our relationship with Jesus grows. And learning to trust God begins with moving our focus off of our biggest concerns and shifting to the truth of who God is in our lives. Focusing on his provision, his protection, his perfect plan for our lives and remembering and trusting in his promises. Now, another piece of changing our focus involves replacing the lies that we are thinking with truth, God's truth. Replace lies with God's truth. And most of our anxious thoughts begin with a lie. I mean, anxiety is not grounded in truth. It's grounded in a lie that's usually from a past trauma or experience. And it tells us things like, you know, God's forgotten me or God's given up on me, or that I have messed up so many times there's no way he could love me, or that I'm alone in my struggle, or I'm a failure, and I'm probably the the most prevalent of all thoughts, I'm not enough. All lies. Biblical truth says, I am made in the image of a God who loves me. I am valuable to God and my value is unchanging. I can have a relationship with this God because he loves me and he wanted a relationship with me. He will never forsake me. He will never leave me. He is faithful. He is good. He is loving. He is merciful. He is full of grace. His discipline is not for spite, but for my transformation into the best person that I can possibly become. Through Jesus Christ, I am forgiven. For every mistake I make, past, present, future, I can choose not to live by my feelings, but what is true about God and his love for me. Romans eight thirty eight and 39 states, Jesus. Nothing can separate me from God's love. And if that's true, and I believe it is, then I can trust that he will continually work in my life and see me through any circumstance. Now another component to changing our focus is having an attitude of gratitude. Now have you ever been around someone who's, you know, they're just kind of chronically negative and they begin a conversation and everything's a complaint or a, a tone of voice and it's, it's just all negative everything is negative and you feel yourself kind of get tense and deflated at the same time they lack an attitude of gratitude um, an online article titled Gratitude is good medicine. Reported that studies have shown that gratitude has been found to block toxic emotions. Gratitude can burst, er, can boost your immune system and it can lower your blood pressure. Having an attitude of gratitude can actually affect your physical health. So if you're struggling with, peace in your life, expand your focus on God by starting a gratitude list or journal. I mean, how does a grateful attitude affect your focus? It's because you are thankful to someone and you are mindful of what you are grateful for. You are essentially thinking about God for what you have or what you don't have, and you are making God the focus of your situation rather than your circumstances. Now, Jeremiah Johnston, um, not, you know, the Robert Redford, (laughs) Jeremiah Johnson, in his book Unleashing Peace, um, he writes, according to the science of well-being, one of the strongest indicators of personal mental health is our ability to experience and cultivate a life of gratitude in Christian circles. We call this counting our blessings. So, Paul also says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, as Christ followers, we uh, should be known for our lives of gratitude. That, that should be a character trait. Um, gratitude reminds us that we did not accomplish this on our own or acquire this on our own or achieve this on our own. It was through God's grace and provision that we have anything or can do anything at all. Gratitude keeps us humble and dependent on God, and not on our own accomplishments. It places our focus where it should be. Now, Colossians 3.15 is another verse that connects peace and gratitude together. Colossians 3.15, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace, together and always be thankful. And finally, we can change our focus through prayer and through praise. Now, it's easy to feel overwhelmed by life's challenges and by our negative, unhealthy and untrue thought life. But when we've had enough, when we've had enough, God is enough. When we can't, He can. When we are mindful and we are focused on God's presence through prayer and through praise, um, we remember that He is near. It's easy to forget that He's with us when our mind is distracted by negative thoughts. But when we're talking with Him, when we're praising Him, we remember that He is near to us. We're mindful Of his presence. And when we're mindful of his presence, it changes our worry into prayer. And we begin to praise him for who he is and what he will do, even if it isn't what we want. Now, one exercise we can practice to reframe our thinking and focus on God during our struggles is to make a square on a piece of paper, and this is your God box, you just draw that little square, and in that box, write your struggles. It's a physical way of giving those things that are stealing your peace to the one who is ultimately in charge of those struggles. And when you're tempted to take them back, as we do, pray. Praise God for his love. Ask him to help you to trust him in the process. Uh, this is just a simple way of changing your focus from the thing that steals your peace to the one who is your peace. Whatever we focus on gets bigger. The Apostle Paul wanted to go to Rome and to be a preacher, he wanted to spread the good news of Jesus Christ in Rome. Instead, he ended up preaching the good news of Jesus Christ in prison. Not exactly what he'd planned for, nor was it what he wanted. However, his focus was not on how things were happening, but that God was working in him and through him while things were happening. He was focused on the Lord and not on the circumstances. Now, instead of writing out all of his complaints to the church, he wrote this in Philippians chapter 1, uh, verses 12 and 14. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. Now, I would like to think that Paul, you know, I I would think that he didn't necessarily enjoy his time in prison. But we can see from his writing that he chose to discipline his thoughts and focus on what God was accomplishing rather than on his own circumstances so we need to remember that the invisible battle that we are fighting in our mind is not of this world the enemy wants nothing more than to kill steal and destroy he wants to control our thoughts he wants to direct them anywhere but towards Jesus his goal is to use our thoughts to derail and destroy our faith. But through God, we can win that battle. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy. Destroy, not put aside or make small but to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Now, we can take our thoughts captive. We can change our focus from our circumstances, our fear, our insecurities, and direct it to Jesus and who he says we are. We can do it because God says we can do it. And we can do it because his power is greater than the enemy. So make these thoughts your focus this week. If if you have a relationship uh, with Jesus, God is with you and will never forsake you. He will fight for you. And no weapon formed against you will prosper. You are more than a conqueror through him. Your God is more than enough. you nothing can separate you from God not death not demons not the present or the past nothing can separate you from the love of God when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ he is your peace surrender to Jesus and allow him to change your thoughts surrender to Jesus and allow him to change your life and I, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of our God's power for us to believe in him. And, you know, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead, seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. And may you focus on that power, draw on that power, to have a thought life that is pleasing to him and in turn experience the peace that only Jesus can bring. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you acknowledging that the peace that gets stolen from us is 100% us. But the peace that we can experience is 100% you. And the gap, the gap is because we're just human. And we, our thoughts get derailed and we allow the enemy to get in there. And we, we don't focus on the truth of who you are. And we don't get into your word. And we don't, sometimes we know your word and we're kind of in there reading it. And we just put our foot down and say, you're not changing me. Change us, God, to be a people who shows your peace. And God, there are, there are people in this room and there are people watching online who have yet to just even surrender for that first time. The, the relationship has, has not yet developed with you. God, I pray you're touching their heart right now. I, I know you're running after them. I pray they're running towards you. And if if that's you, it's simple. You just say, God, I, I give I give myself to you. I, I want you to come and live inside of me and change my life. I, I know I can't do it on my own. I want, a, I want a relationship with you. And if that's you today, man, I'd love to know it please let me know, email or whatever. God, we love you, we praise you, we seek you. In Jesus' precious name and all of the people said, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Let me encourage you to download the study questions by selecting Watch from the top menu of our website. Working through those questions on your own or with others will help the truth of God's word find its place in your life. Please reach out if you have any questions or want help on your spiritual journey. My email address is on the screen or you can call the church during the week. This ministry is made possible because of people like you, people who believe in what God is doing through Dayspring. Your financial generosity is proof of God's work in your life. If you are just checking us out today, please know that we don't expect you to give anything to support Dayspring. That is the responsibility of our Dayspringers. Just enjoy the rest of your day. If you'd like to start giving, we have three easy ways for you to get us your gift. Please see the online giving section of our website or text GIVE to the number on your screen or mail a check to us at the address you'll find on our website. Also, thank you for liking and sharing and following Dayspring on whatever platform you are using, maybe even rating us where that is appropriate. It is really encouraging to me when you share something that has impacted you through this service with someone else. Until we meet again, may the God of all peace give you peace at all times and in every situation.